Hey, it's Brandon here and I have some big news. Seven Figure Millennials is now beyond curious. I am so excited for this new brand and I would highly encourage you to go check out episode number 140 for all of the juicy details. But as a teaser for episode 140, the central question for Seven Figure Millennials, the original show from the beginning was, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? I spent over 1,000 hours researching this question and published 139 episodes. And after all of that, I have an answer. And I put together that answer in a legit masterclass that weaves together clips from previous guests all to answer that question. So if you wanna hear my answer, the why behind Beyond Curious and the vision moving forward, go check out episode number 140. But you are here listening to this episode, which I know is amazing, but I would just highly recommend you also check out episode number 140 for the full explanation behind the rebrand. All right, here's your episode. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I'm saying this, but welcome to the last ever interview episode that will be published on Seven Figure Millennials. Now, before you freak out, don't worry, the show is not stopping. I am simply rebranding the show, but this is the last ever interview you're going to hear under the name Seven Figure Millennials. I'll elaborate in just a little bit, but let me kick things off with what you're used to and say welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together you and I are choosing to do things differently. You and I are committing to prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships while we build a business that creates a meaningful impact in the lives of the people that we love and having a business that generates the wealth for us to design a beautiful life on our terms. And if you are listening to my voice right now for the very first time, I want to say welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. And if you're returning and coming back every single week, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. Seriously, I say it every week. I don't get sick of saying it because you are absolutely what makes this show possible. And I'm so grateful for you taking time out of your day to expand and grow. Every single week, I'm interviewing incredible humans making a massive impact in the world so that you can take what they are sharing to help you to create a massive impact in the world as well. And man, oh man, am I excited to introduce you to today's incredible guest, Alexandra Watkins. And at the time of this recording, I'm over 130 episodes on the show. And every once in a while, you finish a recording and you're like, wow, that was a good one. Actually, I have that happen a lot. But this was a really, 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 really good one. And I'm super excited for you to dive in. And I'm going to read Alexandra's bio in just a bit. But of course, as always, I want you to look out for three specific things. Number one, you are going to hear some hilarious examples of the world's worst names. And we may or may not talk about Americans crapping metal and penis lands. You heard that right. <laughs> so listen for that. Number two, some incredible examples of names that Alexandra has come up with. And as you read in the title, one of those is the Baconator. But another one that we dive into is Spoon Me, a frozen yogurt franchise. And oh man, I'm just so excited for you to listen to that. And number three, why Alexandra believes that a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head. So what she did actually, she took that idea and she turned it into a filter. So smile and scratch, they're acronyms that she invented. And if you remember what smile and scratch stand for, you'll never have to worry about how to create an effective name again. So at this point, you're wondering who is Alexandra? Well, she is a leading and outspoken authority on brand names with buzz. Since 2005, she and her naming firm, Eat My Words, have created love at first sight brand names for countless companies, including Amazon, Coca-Cola, Disney, Google, Twitter, and Colgate. Her breakthrough creativity book, Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick, was named a top 10 marketing book by Inc. Magazine. Her personal name, Hall of Fame, includes Wendy's Baconator, Neato Robotic Vacuum, Burger King's Mac and Cheetos, Spanish Language School Gringo Lingo, and the Frozen Yogurt franchise, Spoon Me. And Alexandra is so much fun. You'll tell from the very beginning, she's very adventurous. She's very funny and she's very, very creative. 
And now the other really important thing to say about Alexandra and to close a loop that I opened up from the very beginning about talking about how this is the last interview on Seven Figure Millennials is that I hired Alexandra to actually help me to rebrand the podcast. And it's actually really funny because right now I'm re-recording this intro because uh, when I recorded it initially, we hadn't come up with the name of the show. And so now I'm recording this on May 29th, which is just a few weeks before we're about to launch the new name of the show and I'm just so excited knowing what Alexandra came up with and I just can't wait for you to not only hear this episode and hear about her process but also in the next episode on episode 140 where I reveal the new name and I'm doing so many other cool things but one of the other things that I'm doing in episode 140 is I'm bringing Alexandra back because I wanted her to take you behind the scenes of how she ended up coming up with the new name for the podcast, which oh, I want to say it, but I can't say it yet. So you have to wait one more week to find out what that is. And the last thing I want to say before we dive in is I want to give a shout out to two people who are responsible for making this interview happen. One is Michael Roderick and two is Patty Block. You guys are both awesome. I appreciate you both so much for connecting me to Alexandra, not only because this was a fantastic episode, but I wouldn't have found the genius who would have helped me rebrand the name if it weren't for you guys. So thank you, Michael and Patty. And oh my gosh, I am so excited to say, I can't wait for you to listen to the very last interview that is ever going to be published on Seven Figure Millennials. Here is Alexandra Watkins. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. Alexandra, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. This is going to be an absolute blast. And given the fact that I just took a tour of your your Barbie house where I'm from, I already know where this is all going. It's going to be so much fun. Thank you. Of course. Welcome, so, to, my, welcome to my world. Yes, yes, yes. And we'll be diving all into your world. And I thought a great place to start would be from a funny story that you tell inside of your book that I think paints a picture a little bit about you and your adventurous spirit. And also it ties into your naming expertise. And so it has to do with whitewater rafting. <laughs> so I would love oh, yeah. to tell us a little bit about whitewater rafting and what that has to do with uh, effective names. Yeah, well, okay. First of all, I'm a very adventurous person. I have ridden bareback on an ostrich in South Africa. I've gone hunting with the Hazabi Bushmen in South Africa. I've done all kinds of crazy stuff. But when um, my new boyfriend, who's still my boyfriend, uh, let's just call him uh, Crocodile Dundee, invited me to go whitewater rafting with him. You know, I was all in. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So then he knew I was a namer. So he's like, oh, Alexander, you're going to love the names of these rapids. Well, I didn't even know rapids had names. So I was like, cool, you know, tell me about them. So he started telling me about Meat Grinder and then uh, Satan's Cesspool troublemaker, hospital bar, pre-op, post-op. And I am like hyperventilating. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hell no. And that is the power of a name. That's so, so funny. Just from, him, just from hearing those names, I'm like having a panic attack. You're having a panic attack. I would have been the opposite. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but th that I love that because it adds so much flavor to it afterwards because you could you could finish that experience and you could say, oh, I went whitewater rafting or you could say I conquered the meat grinder. <laughs> Completely different. Yeah, experience. there you go. Okay, so the part that isn't in my book because it would have made the story too long is that I had gone whitewater rafting. I went whitewater rafting down the Zambezi River um, which is in, uh, it was, I left from Zimbabwe. And so our, our, I got in, I'd never been whitewater rafting before. I had no idea the Zambezi River was super vicious and people died there all the time. I was just like, you know, I the safety talk was hard to understand what they were saying. So anyway, I get in and like, we start off in the river crossing a class four rapid and the boat flipped. And I oh, end no. up under the boat and I'm super panicked. 
And I finally like get up and out from under and I swim to shore. Well, I got to shore in the wrong country. I like swam to shore <laughs> and I ended up in Zambia and my passport was in Zimbabwe. So the boat oh comes God. to get me and I wouldn't get back in the boat. I was so freaked out. So um, I ha- I was at the bottom of this really deep canyon and it was a Sunday and there was a power plant nearby. So they had to like find the guy, the, the chairman of the power plant. He had to come get me. And like, I went up with him up this rickety old chairlift. Oh my God, it was like such a death trap. But I got out of the canyon and somehow I got, luckily Africa um, is a little corrupt. And I was able to get back. Luckily. (laughs) Not all of Africa, but this particular, wherever I was going into Zimbabwe, it was super corrupt at the time. And I was able to get back in without my passport. But yeah, that was a crazy adventure. But yeah, I was super panicked about whitewater rafting and the names made it so much worse. Okay. So I'm going to chase this rabbit hole because I can't help it because I have been to 23 countries with my wife and this just popped into my head is I I'm curious if you can maybe speak on the impact that travel has had on your creativity. Cause I can only imagine that like the amount of experiences that you were able to have was able to open up all these kind of neural pathways in your brain to come up with connections that you maybe never have been able to see before. So I'm just kind of curious if like you believe that being a traveler, having been to 50 countries is one of the things that has kind of helped to stimulate your creativity so much. Yeah, I definitely think it has. And more than anything, it's like, it it like helps me recharge my batteries, right? And then, yeah, it exposes me to all kinds of things that I never would have seen. And it takes me out of my comfort zone. And I think so much of what I do with naming, it's getting people out of their comfort zone, right? And not being afraid to do something different and ride an ostrich bareback. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, I I can't think of a name in particular that's been inspired by a travel experience, but... One of my favorite names is for a Spanish language school in Cali, Colombia that I named Gringo Lingo. Love and that. that's making fun of myself because I grew up here in San Diego um, and I still don't speak Spanish. I know how to pronounce most words, but I don't speak it. And so, yeah, I'm the ultimate gringo. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I want to, so the way I love to, structure my interviews I always love to find out more about like you the what the way what went into making you you and then we can kind of deconstruct some of like the magic of inside of your book which I'm super excited to dive into which by the way I have the audiobook and the normal book and I have to say right now because I'm thinking about it one of the best audiobooks I've ever listened to I don't know how you found that voice actor but the <laughs> she was she nailed it so I would encourage as we go through it you, you're gonna want to pick up the book I would encourage both the print version and the audiobook because I was running and snotting and laughing all at the same time as I was listening to the book so it was great. <laughs> Oh but, my gosh, Brendan, but, thank you so Can I just say thank you so much? Yeah, of course. That was, so my publisher gave me a choice of like 10 female audio recording artists and none of them felt like me. So mm. I got a tip from a voiceover actress friend of mine and she said, go to this website. And there was no kidding, like 92,000 recording wow. artists to choose from, but they had this super refined search where you could choose. I chose someone that had comedic timing and that a young voice and like, all of these different things I checked off and I got maybe five out of that. And I interviewed, I listened to all of them. And the woman I chose happened to live in LA and she came down and spent the day with me and we went through the book and yeah, she was perfect. So thank you for saying that. Cause I, it really was, it was worth the trouble to do that. And I, I so appreciate that. Yeah, well, I would I would say like just the the few minutes that we've spent together, you have a very creative brain, you have a little bit of a sass to your personality, and you kind of have to like do that with your names. And it, I think it was really important for you to encapsulate that because I think if they if you had gotten a different narrator that wasn't able to butcher the names that needed to be butchered or like add the emphasis or use the accents, I just I think that was incredible. So I'm glad that you went through that extra effort because it was it was a it was yeah. a ton of fun. <laughs> but uh, let me uh, trace my my thoughts back. One of the things that I love doing whenever I read a book is I love skipping to the end the 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 acknowledgments because I think there's lots of juice in there. And one of the things that I thought would be interesting to ask you about is where your creative energy comes from because you gave a lot of attribution to your mom. You said, "Mom, I hit a genetic." Jack- 
jackpot of creativity because of you. Thank you for supporting every risk I've ever taken and for being my best role model. And then also later in the book, you had said, uh, and as my extremely imaginative mother says, the creative process is an idea orgy where you can jump into bed with any enticing idea that comes along. <laughs> so I was curious if you could share a little bit it, like about your, your relationship with your mom and how she inspired some of your creative brain yeah, thank you. Yeah, my mom's awesome. She's 87. She lives here in San Diego and she still drives at night. Um, and it. she's just always been really creative. She would make creative things for my dad. She always makes creative cards for people. She was a writer and she never said no to my ideas. I mean, she would encourage me to do these crazy things. Like when I was in high school, I was, I had this assignment in 12th grade to write a report on the on the penal system and you know all of my classmates this is back before the internet I'm, I'm old <laughs> we they all went to the library to copy out of a book but I knew like my mother would never let us copy out of a book so I had been reading the San Diego Weekly or the San Diego Reader which is our local diatribe and I used to see these at these personal ads in there and um, the first time I saw one with the word incarcerated, I said, mom, what does incarcerated mean? And she said, look it up in the dictionary, like my mom would always do. So I saw that incarcerated meant someone was in prison. So I got this idea like, oh, wait a minute. There's all these incarcerated guys that are always posting these ads. I'm going to write my report by writing to these guys. So that's wow. what I did. I wrote to these guys. I sent them, my sister was the school photographer. And so I sent them photos of my best friend that was very attractive model that my sister had taken a lot of photos of. And I said, it was me. I know it's horrible. I confessed to her years later and she thought it was funny. But um, yeah, I made up this whole story how I was writing a book. And then I know in, in hindsight, it probably wasn't very nice of me to do, but I, my whole report was comprised, of, there was one intro page written by me, and all of the other pages were just letters that these guys, and photos that these guys had sent me, but my, and my teacher, who I, I'm still in touch with on Facebook, I love this, he said it was the most creative report he had ever seen, and mm. that was a magic moment for me, that was the moment I knew that I could use my creativity to solve problems a different way and that's how I was able to really do everything that I've ever done. Like, you know, I didn't go to college. I just, I knew I wanted to be in advertising when I was in eighth grade. And I was able to use my creativity to do things differently than most people would and talk my way into getting jobs places. Oh my gosh. I'm like speechless. Cause that's just such an enthralling story. And I, I just, a huge takeaway for me, and this is a recurring theme that I see on the show, but for you listening right now, like not only was there so much flavor in Alexander's personality there, but like go back and think about your relationship with your parents and your early childhood projects. There's like so much gold and just seeing how the kid version of you went and naturally solved stuff. And it's really cool that you found a career <laughs> that allowed you to expand on that creativity that you clearly had at a very, very early age. So I, I absolutely love that. And I can totally picture that report in my head of the <laughs> the different pictures that you use and the stories that probably came out of that. That's awesome. Thank you. I still have it. And I tell that story. I have a talk called, um, called True Tales of Brazen Ingenuity. And uh, a lot of stories like that of just crazy things I did to get to get my foot in the door. Yeah. Awesome. So let's, let's expand on this, like on where that creativity has taken you. So obviously today you are this naming expert. You have named the Baconator along with so many other incredible things. So before we dive into your secret sauce about like how we can actually make sure we're creating sticky names, uh, I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about like why names matter to begin with. I know it's like a very basic question, but like, I think that just kind of covering it at a really high level, why, if you haven't been thinking about this intentionally, the uh, there is very positive impact of having a, a solid name and then also very negative impact of having a bad name. So I'd love for you to maybe share some of the foundational concepts of why names are just so important. Well, the number one thing to think about is think of your own personal name, Brandon Fong. You've had that name your entire life. Now, I know you're younger than me, but imagine how many times have people said your name, read your name, thought of your name? It's, it's, you cannot calculate this. I, mm -hmm. I hired a mathematician to try to calculate. <laughs> I, I'm always curious, like how many times? 
how many times has someone at Starbucks had to explain that a grande is not a large, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, tried to get, I tried to have someone figure that out for me one time. But no, so think about your brand name the same way. Like your name is the longest, is the longest lasting investment that you'll ever make in your company. It's going to last longer than like, how many phones have you had? How many reams of paper have you gone through? I, I mean, well, probably not as many as me. But um, you think about your most loyal employee, all of those things, your logo, your name will endure longer. So when you're coming up with your name, it's worth really spending some time on it, investing time. If you if you can't come up with a good one, invest some money, hire a professional to do it for you. But think about how long your name is going to last. Think of it like mm -hmm. an oil painting in your office that you're going to have hanging over your desk for the rest of your life. You better love it and want to have it always there. So make sure that your name is not only something you love, it differentiates you from your competitors and you really use it to your advantage. So many people don't spend time on a name and they're just, yeah, this is good enough. We're in a hurry. We need a domain name. And then they're stuck. So I would say in names last forever, we just, um, we recently renamed a bank that was more than a hundred years old. Wow. It's funny because you and I were talking just before we hit record, uh, another mutual connection that we have and somebody else that's been on the show, his name is Stu Heineck. And in his book, he talks about weeds and how incredible weeds are at kind of being resilient and spreading their seeds all over the place. And that was actually one of the first places I came across your name was in that book because he, he talks about seed strategy. It's like weeds are really good at dispersing their seeds all over the place. And a name is one of those seeds because it's like every single week I get excited about the person I get to interview. But like when I've been explaining you, Alexandra, it's like, oh, she's the founder of Eat My Words. And like, that's just kind of a fun thing to say that you have a, a name that shows not tells what you do and that you wrote the book. Hello, my name is awesome. Like just your name in and of itself is like Stu had put it. It's like one of those seeds that make your ideas able to spread further and faster because of how well you package it in a way that kind of almost makes you look good as a result of sharing a name that's clever or fun and gets other people to smile as well. So I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brandon. That's so nice. Stu's so nice. I've been in a couple of his books now and he's an old friend, but you know, you, when you were talking about it, it reminded me that people love to work for a company with a cool name right? Like people love to put eat my words on their resume. And if you think about your name, not just as a magnet for customers, but your name is a magnet for employees, right? Mm. Like, cause I know that there's like, like, okay, look, eHarmony dating website. Like I would never want to go on there because I would, it's just too cringe to me to say what someone to someone that I met someone on eHarmony. So think about, <laughs> I mean, these <laughs> things are important, right? So think about your name from all different perspectives, right? Your investors, right? We changed the name. We changed the name of a startup. And right after we changed it, they got $200 million in funding. Now, was the name solely responsible for that? No. But did the name help? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, another example that just popped into my head, there was, a, I read it a while ago. There's this book called Contagious by Jonah Berger. And like, one of the things he talks about is like Snapple bottles. Like when you take a Snapple bottle and it's got that little fact on the inside, you turn to your friend at the gas station that you just grabbed your Snapple bottle and you share that stupid little fact on the inside. Like a, <laughs> a good name is like, it, it's just like that Snapple bottle. Like it makes you look good to be associated with that by having that insider knowledge. And so I love that. So I, I thought maybe a, a good place to kind of continue down this path is to maybe talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then some of the good names that you have you have come up with. And then we can deconstruct your your smile and scratch process for everyone. But I thought a okay. fun place would be to to start would be to to shit on some of the terrible names. <laughs> so uh I thought I thought one of the funniest ones that I saw inside of your book was uh organic baby clothing company. <laughs> would you mind talking oh about this God. one and what's wrong with this one? <laughs> okay, yes. Okay. Organic baby clothing company named Species. And it's spelled S-P-E-E-S-E-E-S. -E 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 okay, there's so many things wrong here. Okay, rule number one, your company name should not rhyme with feces. Okay, that should just, like, that shouldn't even need to be said or written anywhere. Okay, but it really, like, you're going to name something for a baby species? Like, that's just so wrong on so many levels. But okay, so imagine that you're Stacy and you work at Species and you're making sales calls all day and you have to leave your name 
and spell out your email address. So you have to spell Stacy, and Stacy's with an E. And you know Stacy can be spelled multiple ways. And again, when you're thinking of your brand name, think of your own name and how troublesome it is for people. You don't want your brand name to have any disadvantages like that. So Stacy is saying, or no, imagine a conversation she's having with someone. That's Stacy at species.com. S T A C E Y at S P E E. So she's having to spell it out, right? And then this is what happens. Well, why is it spelled that way? Now, the official word on the species website when they were in business is, okay, ready? Because that's how babies would spell species if babies could spell. So now <laughs> Stacy's having to repeat this to people and she's just gagging every time she has to say it, right? And this is what I mean. Like your employees should love your name, right? And you know, when people that work for me say they work for Eat My Words, it's fun. It's joyful. People like that. But yeah, so be careful with your name because you don't, you don't want it to be a turnoff. You know, your name should be uh, like a, a welcome mat, not a do not mm. enter sign. <laughs> I love that. S-P-E-E-S-E-E-S. -E 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 I like, like when I heard it in the audiobook, going back to the audiobook, you know, obviously she spelled it out too, but I was like, I would not in a million years, like even hearing it, like be able to recreate that spelling <laughs> ever, ever again. So yeah, I can only imagine uh, the poor, poor people having to explain that the other time. Let's go with like another kind of uh, screwed up uh, naming fail, uh, slurls. <laughs> so I As saw a bunch of oh my hilarious slurls. Maybe share some of your favorite slurls that you've seen over the years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a slurl is a slurl is a, what's called a portmanteau. And that is a mashup of two words, that slur and URL. So it's what happens when a domain name, seemingly innocent domain name, when without the spaces in between, it spells something completely untoward. So the one, one of my favorites is Penn Island. So spell it in your head. Think it up. Oh, penis land, Penn <laughs> Island. Um, <laughs> and then another one is Lumberman's Exchange. Lumberman's Sex Change. Uh, <laughs> and then God, I saw one. I saw what there is. What's amazing is some of them still, people still keep them up. But uh, there was a company called Who Represents and it's Whore Presents uh, or Whore, oh, sorry, Whore Presents, right? <laughs> um, what you buy for your um, lady of the night. Um, God, there's one I put it, I have an online course and there's one I put in my online course and it's, it's something with the word pool, but it, but it, ha but this slurl has poo in it. It's just like, it's like poo, poo land or, you know, it's something like that. It's like, it's bad. Um, it was, that's so funny. Cause I, I was literally a few months ago, I was driving and I saw a slurl in real life. And then I saw it, I'm like, oh, I got a name for it. Cause I did see, or maybe I'm making this up. I don't even know, but it was American <laughs> scrap metal. And like, no, they're, 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 <laughs> yeah, but they're the Americans crap metal. I was like, well, that's a weird one to have on a truck. But then it took me a while to figure out what the actual name of the truck was. <laughs> that is so funny because it's in my book. And I say in my book, I wonder how many trucks this was emblazoned on before <laughs> they realized it spelled America's crap metal. And <laughs> And like, maybe you did see it on a truck. Maybe they never even realized that. So yeah, if you have any slurls, please email me. Cause I could, yeah, Alexandra at eatmywords.com. But yeah, every time I come up with a name for someone, I have to double check on the domain name to make sure it doesn't spell anything naughty. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. So we, you guys, everybody listening, you got an example of some not so good names. So let's talk, let's do the opposite. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some incredible names and then we'll equip you with some ways that you can actually go ahead and do this. So one of the favorite case studies that you share in your book and you kind of deconstruct the whole process was this yogurt brand that was called Zenyo and you were able to kind of completely transform them. So I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about who they were serving, what they were trying to accomplish, and then kind of what th went through your head as you transformed their name. Oh, good one. Thank you. Yeah, Zenyo came to us when they were called Zenyo. Get it? Zen plus yogurt. And that's kind of a lazy mashup, you know. And so they they read about us in a magazine and they said, you know, all right, we just want to do diligence. Maybe you can come up with something better. And at the time, Pinkberry was all the rage and everyone was whatever berry. 
or color plus color plus berry. So we, they said, we don't want to color. We don't want to berry. I'm like, yeah, we would never do that for you. And by the way, we've named three frozen yogurt stores, no colors, no berries, no fruit. <laughs> um, so they're, uh, they were launching in Utah. That's where their flagship store was going to be in Salt Lake City. And Utah can be quite conservative, but they, they said, it's okay. We can be edgy and racy. We like that. So their audience was teenagers and, you know, hormonal teenagers, right? Uh, like that's just goes without saying teenagers are hormonal, no matter if they're conservative or not, it's biology. So the name, so if you read my book, if you take my course, you'll see a whole bunch of names we came up with for them. And like one of my favorites is um, Joe Yo, that was, which is better than Jen Yo, right? Like, like Joe Blow, Joe Yo, um, but uh, Cold Hearted, the one we came up with that the client chose and that we love was Spoon Me. So Spoon Me, the, so one of the parameters that the client requested is that people would want to buy the t-shirt. And if you can monetize your name, you are golden. So Spoon Me is something that we knew kids would want to wear on a shirt. And it lent itself to a lot of merchandise. So like they have shirts, you know, shut up and spoon me, bumper sticker. If you're driving this close, you might as well spoon me. But what happens with a name like Spoon Me is the customers get involved. So Spoon Me started taking movie slogans and replacing words with the phrase Spoon Me. So from Jerry Maguire, instead of you have me at hello, and they made this graffiti and they put them in their restroom. So instead of you have me at hello, it said you have me at Spoon Me. Hmm. Or yo, Adrian, let's spoon. So it was it just became really fun. And then the customers got involved. So when you have a fun name like that, it takes on a life of its own. People want to be part of the creative process and help. And that's great because then then people are doing the work for you. And if someone wants to wear your name on a t-shirt, imagine this. Someone's paying you to advertise your brand for you. I mean, that's mm. crazy. When does that happen? Yeah, maybe if you're like a, a, a brand like Nike, right? People pay for the, to wear Nike, but that brand, it took years for that brand to become who they are. With Spoon Me, overnight, people wanted the t-shirt. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I can just imagine all those teens hanging out and ugly teen hormonalness, but but whatever, you know, like I can see that going viral in that community and like going to baseball games afterwards and hanging out at Spoon Me and all that good stuff. So I think that it really contributes to the culture and the environment that, you, that they're looking at creating, which is so it, cool. It doesn't, I have the best Spoon Me story. So a couple of years ago, I was presenting to a bunch of authors from my publisher and I was telling the Spoon Me story and there was a guy in my audience named Seth Adam Smith and he had gone to BYU in Salt Lake City and he had been, he had a crush on this woman named Kim and he wanted to move her out of the friend zone into the, the dating zone. So he didn't know how to do it. So he took her to spoon me. And now they've been married for many, many years. What? You created a marriage because of your name? That's incredible. Yeah, she totally got the hint. And then other people, I named uh, ice cream, an ice cream store in San Francisco with many locations, Smitten. And a lot of people have gotten engaged at Smitten, have, you know, they go there for their anniversary. So yeah, there's, there's Smitten babies. Um, Smitten made these baby onesies and on the back. So when you hold your baby, it says I'm Smitten, like so cute. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Man, it just goes to show like there's so much to this. It's not just a name. It's like a way to express yourself, right? It's like anytime that we use a product or something like that, we're saying, Hey, this represents my values or this represents something that I'm trying to communicate. And so like, you're literally providing people with language to use, to share something that's kind of in their mind that they might not have been able to unlock if you hadn't given them that vocabulary, which is just absolutely brilliant. And I just like, as you were talking, I'm like, that's so cool. So let's, let's, let's let people, let's give some people some, some weapons. Like if somebody wants to create us a, a name, that's as valuable and as powerful as spoon me and avoid being species or American's crap metal <laughs> or penis Island, all those kinds of things. Let's, 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 uh, let's empower the people listening to not do that. So you have this beautiful framework that you develop called the, the smile and scratch. So I'd love for you to share what this is. And maybe if we could do like a quick overview of, of how we can do this. 
Absolutely. So the smile and scratch test is based on my philosophy that a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head. And it doesn't need to make you laugh. It just needs to make you get it. And we all like to get it. So for instance, we named a GPS for dogs, Retriever. <laughs> and I, like, I see your face, you're nodding, you're smiling. And that's what I mean by get it. So people like to feel smart, right? People want to feel clued in, not clued in, clueless. So SMILE is an acronym for the five qualities that make a name great. SMILE is an acronym for the seven deadly sins. And if it makes you scratch your head, scratch it off the list. So SMILE, suggestive. The S stands for suggestive. Your name should just suggest something about your brand or a positive brand experience. Um, Amazon's just very large. The M in SMILE stands for memorable. What makes a name memorable is if it's based in the familiar. So for instance, kryptonite locks, right? They repel bike, bike thieves. We know kryptonite from Superman repels Superman. So that's based in the familiar. The I stands for imagery. That means when we hear the name, we can picture something in our head. People the meat grinder. <laughs> what, which one? I said the meat grinder, just like the rapids the meat from grinder. before. Oh my God, <laughs> great example. <laughs> That's probably the best example ever. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But not a positive brand experience for you, not for me. You want to say <laughs> I survived the meat grinder. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, then the the L in smile stands for legs. And legs means that yourself lends itself to a theme. And we were just talking about that with some of the names. Um, one of my favorites is uh, we named the Church of Cupcakes, and that theme, of course, is church, religion. And one of my favorite things that we did with that theme is for the flavor names, we named the vanilla flavor, the missionary. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> like it takes a minute, right? You're like, okay. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> then then um, vanilla, vanilla sex. And then the E and smile and super important, emotional. Your name's got to make an emotional connection with people and it has to resonate with them or just going to go right over their head. Yeah. So that I, is smile. That that's so great. And and just again, if you are washing dishes and if you're running and if you want to take notes, I have I have my notes on the side here. So suggestive, memorable, imagery, legs, and emotional. If you want to make sure that your your name brings a smile to someone's face. And I would love to maybe zoom in on a few of these just a little bit so that we can add a little bit more color to them. One of the things that I loved uh was well, maybe this isn't in any particular order, but emotional. I think like everybody can think about the example before of spoon me it's like there's some emotion there of like kind of awkward dating and maybe connecting with someone or going on your first date another example that you kind of gave in the book was uh, a wedding service that was able to kind of rename some of their brilliant services from something like the rehearsal dinner to meet the parents <laughs> i would love for you to maybe yeah. share some more of the examples of how we can make it more emotional yeah so with the wedding services that was for the hotel Vitalians, san francisco and they were going up against the w for hipster wedding business and yeah they had just they had a binder of names and you know for people to come in they want to book a wedding so they're looking at all the services and they're bo they're boring they're just descriptive um so yeah rehearsal dinner we renamed that meet the parents the post reception bar rental which is boring right but it's not a boring thing so we named it last call for alcohol <laughs> love that and they had a co-ed bridal shower and we named that shower together <laughs> and the post reception or the post wedding brunch we named bloody married and then for the for the guest rate you know when you're going to a wedding or a convention and you ask for the guest rate so we named that the entourage rate and it was mm. fun you know just ask for the entourage rate that sounds fun so just by changing those names in a binder we increased their sales by 25 percent. that's crazy that that's it's just a, it's so much easier and so much more desirable because it's like you, like all the, like you said, kind of going back to like the legs, like the whole theme of that entire thing, like the, after someone, cause I got married a few years ago now. And so now I'm just kind of thinking about my experience, but I can just imagine like, if you're giving a recommendation to a venue or whatever it is, just like, that's kind of what's going to come to your mind is the, the names, the bloody married and the shower together. And the, the fact that they took the time to do that just makes it so much easier to communicate 
the kind of service, the kind of energy that's available at the place, because if they care that much about making sure that it's emotionally packed uh, on your special day, that that obviously that kind of alludes to the level of service and the level of care that they have for the couples that they work with. So I love that so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And the couples could adopt those names too, or adopt those names too, right? Like they could put it onto their their, you know, wedding agenda, you know, and, and then we're going to have last call for alcohol and, you know, post-wedding brunch is going to be called Bloody Married. Like that's just super, super fun. And um, some, some that's an opportunity everybody has. And when you have a fun name, there's so many opportunities. So we renamed, so just a quick note on legs, we, there's a publicist named Lynette Hoy, but her name doesn't say anything about her being a publicist. And she's a very fiery, fiery woman. So we named her business Fire Talker PR. And she's relentless. So her tagline was hot on the press. And what I love that Lynette did, she gave herself the title of Fire Chief. And she called her office the Firehouse. She has a theme song. And everyone should have a theme song. Her theme song is Fire by the Ohio Players. So before she does a speaking event, she can crank that up. Um, my theme song at Eat My Words is Sugar Sugar by the Archie. It's just, you know, a lot of fun, <laughs> expresses my personality. So there's so many times when we like go to an event, like, you know, speaking engagement, somebody's trying to get everyone on. Like, okay, everybody stand up and, you know, side to side. And like, it's so forced, right? And yeah. it's so manipulating. But then- if somebody's playing, blasting the Ohio players, singing fire, like people are naturally going to get up, want to get up and dance, right? You're not mm -hmm. forcing anything. Yeah, I love that. And and again, just kind of building off your your legs, I saw some of the names of the services on your site and you kind of like make sure that you build on on the eat my words, the eating, the eating theme with everything that you guys do, which is so much fun, <laughs> so much more engaging. Yeah. So. So if if you're listening and you've smiled now, like you 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 know a little bit of some of the things that you should be doing, but there are also things that you shouldn't be doing that we also come ac came across. And also, I'm just really excited to say uh, I'm going to be working with Alexandra later in this year because my name, Seven Figure Millennials, unfortunately is has some deal breakers, and so um, you might be able to recognize some of these as we go through it. But the first one, and not to just ruin your your own content, but spelling challenge. I <laughs> whenever I share the name of the show at the gym, or if I'm just like meeting someone they can't spell the word millennial there's two l's there's two n's is the is the number seven or is it the letter seven is there an s at the end and i'm like after a few months or i mean the, the show has been very successful in where it's taken it so far but every time i have to share the name and i watch someone type it out i'm just like shit <laughs> i got some got some mistakes here so i'm super excited to kind of overhaul some of this stuff with you but um the the thing that i i thought was so brilliant is with this framework anybody can go through and really quickly filter through the smile and the scratch to make sure that you're not making these, these mistakes long term so we'd love for you to share uh how we can make people scratch things off their list or not scratch their head when you're sharing their names. <laughs> Thank you. I would be happy to go through those. And I'm glad to know I'm not the only person that struggles with millennials. And so the, for the S the S and scratch does stand for spelling challenge. And it's funny if you know, if you think, if you know how to spell it, it doesn't mean everybody else will. So case in point with millennials, um, your name shouldn't look like a typo. Millennials isn't a typo. It's just, it's spelling challenge. It's just, it's mm -hmm. hard for people. Um, but a tip that I do have is if people were spelling millennial two different ways, you could always like buy a domain name spelled the wrong way and redirect it to it spelled mm, sure. the right way. Um, I always recommend that to people. So yeah, if your name looks like a typo, scratch it off the list. Um, you know, just if you say your name to Siri or Alexa, does she know what you're talking about? Um, mm. You know, spelling challenge can get you caught up there. Um, the first C in scratch stands for copycat. No one likes a copycat. And why be somebody else when you can be yourself? So really, you know, like with the frozen yogurt, I was saying every, you know, there was Yoberry, Blissberry, Yumberry, Coolberry, it, mm -hmm. and, and then Spoon Me. Like, you know, it, they were so distinctive. Then the A in Scratch stands for annoying, and annoying is a name where people are trying to be clever or cute, but it's it's kind of backfiring on them. So spelling a name backwards, for instance, it works for Oprah. Mm. Oprah's production company is named Harpo, which is Oprah backwards. But you don't need to know that. Um, but it's it's nice that you do when you do. Um, 
Zobni, X-O-B-N-I, is inbox spelled backwards, but nobody knows that. People do not intuitively spell their name backwards. Like if Brandon, right now I said, spell your name backwards and you didn't see it on the screen right in front of you. It's hard for people to spell backwards. Um, and I, I've shown the name Zobni to thousands and thousands of people in speaking engagements. And only one person has ever been able to recognize it was inbox spelled backwards. And I have a neighbor friend who's just dyslexic and he has that ability too, which is envy, which is like something strangely envi enviable. Um, the S we were just on an annoying, oh, I know you got I a long one. The so R. Should I forget the R? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Go for yeah, R. Yeah. I'm, I, I have just, I guess I have dyslexia with scratch. <laughs> it's also, is, it's also a lot to, as somebody that has come up with frameworks myself, like that's a lot for you to remember and go off of. So I, I totally know, you get would it. Think I would know <laughs> by now. You would think I would know it by now. The R stands for restrictive and seven figure millennial is restrictive because it's more than millennials, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm way, I'm stratospherically out of the millennial age bracket, <laughs> but, um, but I'm still, I'm a good fit for your show. So yeah, mm -hmm. it, that's where you, uh, you outgrow your name and you get stuck. So sometimes you're able to overcome it, but other times you're not. But what I recommend to people is when you're planning your name, look into your crystal ball and imagine what could you grow into and don't pigeon your, don't pigeonhole yourself if you can help it. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just expand on this too. Cause I'm all for people learning from my mistakes and my naming as far as like the restrictiveness of this too. Cause like, if you look at the name seven figure millennials, so many questions pop up. It's like, are you only interviewing millennials? If I'm a listener and I'm not a millennial, I kind of feel like I don't belong. Like, like, and the, the show from the very beginning was always about how I could document my entrepreneurial journey as I, as my, as I grow my first seven figure business. And like, there's questions on, on my level of business and all like all that kind of stuff as well, which is like, as, as you said in the book, like if you have to apologize or explain your name the minute that you say it, <laughs> it's uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. So I'm 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 saying that just to make sure that you listening uh, as we kind of rebrand and as I come across a new name, like I I felt this, and that's why I'm so excited to work with you because I was like I feel the pain here. I see it every single time. That's awesome. Oh, that! But thank you for sharing that example. It, it's really interesting that, yeah, people, yeah, because you knew what it was supposed to mean, but then other people didn't. So, um, but yeah, I didn't. I, but I'm just glad that you let me on your show. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, of course, this is this is so much fun, so so valuable. So we really, just, I'm using I'm using one of those AI filters. I'm really 80 years old, but I look. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> That's so funny. We 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 were just talking about AI beforehand. I think that was before we hit record of like all yeah. the crazy stuff that you could do. But I love that. So we got spelling challenged. We got copycats. We got restrictive. We have uh, the next one. I think we're on is annoying. So tell us yeah. talk to yeah, us a little got, bit about annoying. Yeah, names. annoying is like spelling it backwards or using oh, okay. letters. Annoying is when what are you going to do that's going to frustrate people? So mm. think of annoying as you're frustrating someone. You're like your your domain name has a number in the middle of it. So instead yep. of coast coast to coast, it's coast to numeral two coast, and you're having to spell it. That's going to be anytime somebody gets an email bounce back, that's going to be annoying to them. So think of yeah. it that way. What is the customer experience? Then um, the second C in Scratch stands for curse of knowledge, and curse of knowledge is where you know what it means, but it's, but nobody else does. So often it's something foreign. So it could be a foreign word. So uh, something, you know, the, the name Mazinga, M-Z-I-N-G-A, hmm. is loosely based on the Swahili word for hive. How would anybody know that? And you're not going to be there to explain it. That's the curse of knowledge. Um, lots of engineers are, are, guilty of having the curse of knowledge and when i lived in the in san francisco a lot of this a lot of this was coming from that so think of any time you've read in a, a manual for using something it but like the people that wrote it they already knew how to use it so it was hard for them to go back and unlearn what they knew so just remember not everybody knows what you know so so be cautious of that and then the are we is there just we have we have yeah we have h and then we also have t for tame the 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 yeah no you're all good i'm like having dyslexia t c h okay yeah the t and smile stands for tame 
And you don't want a name that's tame because you need to stand out. I mean, we've never had our attention. We've never been so distracted, right? Mm. So you want a name that's not descriptive, that's not flat and boring. Your name can't be a wallflower. It really needs to stand out and differentiate you. So be bold and be fearless. That's really the only way that you're going to get noticed. And so then, can I can I can I zoom yeah. in here on one thing? So one yeah. thing that I've heard, I don't know if this is just kind of like a general copywriting thing that I've heard, but under this category, you I've heard before like clear is better than clever, would that people will say. And I, I I'm curious to hear your answer on this is like when it comes to tame of people that are like kind of using weaker or uninspired names, but it's like really descriptive and clever and describes who they serve. How would you kind of encourage people to think about that? Yes, it it depends. So okay, so and let me just say something about clever or creative. So sometimes something is creative. Wearing two different color socks is creative, but is it a good idea? Not, not if you're going on a job interview, probably not <laughs> unless it's over zoom and they can't see your socks. Um, clever. There's a time to be clever, but clear when people need information quickly, you want to be clear. There's no time to be clever. Um, the vanilla cupcake being called the missionary that's okay. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe even in the description, it said vanilla cupcake. But if you're too clever, if you're overly clever, it's not going to help. So you, there needs to be some clarity. Um, but like, like, like the bike lock named kryptonite, right? That's clear. It's going to repel people. That's very clear. It's clever, but it's also clear. So, think so it's about, not, it's think not about clear or clever. There's a, there's a route that you're saying that you can be clear and clever at the same exact time. <laughs> right. Or you know how Federal Express has like 26 different levels of service that you can get, you know, overnight, you know, mm -hmm. all the different ones. That's where it's absolutely imperative to be clear. They can't be clever, right? Yeah. They need to be clear. So think about what it is that you're naming and, and like on service levels, you know, there's the good, better, best, right? So sometimes that can be reflected, like your price, your price across, you know, if you have a SaaS product and people are looking at the menu, the price is obviously you're seeing the good, better, best on prices. So maybe there, your, you know, gold, silver, bronze can afford to have some more clever names to them. So that's, that. that's a place that you can do it, but, but yeah, don't, con don't confuse people. Yeah. So, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. So yeah, I think we got one, one left is H the hard, yeah, hard to H, pronounce. H H is hard to pronounce. So you, you want a name that's intuitive for people to pronounce. No one wants to be, no one wants to stumble over your name or embarrass themselves pronouncing it. We've all been to a restaurant and seen something on the menu, maybe a French restaurant. Someone the other day I was talking to, can I pronounce something at a Mexican restaurant? And like, here in San Diego, like we know how to pronounce all those things, but I could see, you know, in the middle of the country, maybe they wouldn't know that. And for me, it's the French pronunciations. I, you don't want to embarrass yourself in front of it, anyone. So make sure your yo, name is- Yo quiero un tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. When I grew up, my cousins in Connecticut, um, they said, they were trying to say taco, but they said, what's a taco? Oh no, uh, how do you mess up funny. taco? I'm sorry. That's I know it's a, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> that's funny though. That's awesome. Amazing, amazing. So again, just as a high-level recap for everyone, because I always actually I came from uh the company that I worked for beforehand, Alexandra Alexandra was uh about uh learning. So it was about like space repetition. So again, if you're just taking notes or if you were if you're on the treadmills, so we have if you want a name that makes people smile, you want to make sure it's suggestive, memorable, uh it has imagery. There's legs and it's emotional. And if you want to pe make people not scratch their heads or scratch them off the list, make sure it's not spelling challenged. Make sure it's not a copycat. Make sure it's not restrictive, annoying, tame, requires a curse of knowledge or hard to pronounce. So uh, I just, this is one of the best, uh, the, the, the dual parts of the framework, the, the two names is really, really cool how you were able to do that. So I love that so much. Alexandra, I know we're kind of coming up on time. Do you have time to talk a little bit about brainstorming and then we can kind of wrap things yeah, up a little bit? Abs absolutely. And I want to tell everyone the Smile and Scratch test is, is you can see, do it for free on our website, eatmywords.com. Just click on test a name. It will walk you through it. It's interactive and it will tell you along the way what you're doing right or what you need to correct. Yeah, and yes, I love let's it. Talk about, let's talk about brainstorming.
Sweet. Yeah. And I would just encourage everyone to go check out Eat My Words and, and tech, ch- take that test. I mean, you'll see the fun, the funness of the, the site represents uh, how Alexandra thinks. So if you've enjoyed this so far, you'll have a lot of fun with that interactive quiz. But yeah, so I, I one of the things that I thought was so brilliant from your book is like you kind of dispel a major myth in the in the world of brainstorming in the sense that I think the standard way that people think about brainstorming names is like, okay, Let's get inside of our corporate office. Let's get surrounded by whiteboards. Let's make sure we have 9,000 Expo markers so we're not going to run out. Sticky notes all over the place. And uh, we're just going to lock ourselves in this room until we come up with some brilliant names. But uh, you kind of dispel that and say that the, there's a much better number of people or a much better way of brainstorming. So would you? I would love for you to share what that is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So everybody think about it. Like sitting in a white room staring at white walls whiteboards is not how colorful ideas materialize and years ago that's all we had that's all we could do but now you don't need to do that everything you need to brainstorm is right in front of you on your computer so the internet is a gold mine of creative ideas you just need to know how to mine the online gold mine um and what i suggest so i often brainstorm just by myself um, but what I suggest people do, if you are in a corporate environment, brainstorm on your own first, then come to the meeting with your ideas already. You've already filtered them through the Smile and Scratch test. So you're already there. And then if any of your colleagues don't use the Smile and Scratch test, you'll have something where you're not playing bad cop. You're just saying, let's run it through this objective test. Does that work? And then that way, if your boss is the one with the you know spelling challenge name, you, you don't have to be the bad person. You can just say, oh, no, it doesn't work here. Um, but mail it out in advance and then you don't have to have that awkward conversation still. Yeah, but, that's so brilliant. Yeah, and also that brainstorming way, you know, the introverts, the introverts might not speak up even though they have great ideas because the extroverts like me tend to dominate the conversation. <laughs> so yeah, brainstorming. So I'll give you guys some ideas. So um, pictures, a picture says a thousand words. Go, if you have a concept in mind. So let's say your concept is fast. You're naming a new microprocessor and it's super fast. Look up, go to stock photo libraries, go on Google Images, and just look up fast, things that are speed. Um, the name Puma for a running shoe, that could have easily happened by looking up animals that are fast, right? Mm. So that's how, that's how names come to be. Um, another thing that you can do is use a thesaurus. And a lot of people don't think to do that, but so many good ideas come out of thesauruses. When I came up with the name Frigid um, for Spoon Me, that came out of a thesaurus. When I, I just looked up cold. And if you think about it, most people wouldn't go to a thesaurus to look up cold because we all know what cold is. But there was a ton of ideas. And I also saw um, Siberia. Mm-hmm. And Siberia would be a great name for a frozen yogurt store. Can you imagine the kids? Hey, mom, I'm going just to, say, to Siberia. It would be a fun t-shirt. So don't discount a thesaurus and also a dictionary, online dictionary. They're mile long. That's just what I do is I always skim words and then look for associations. So something I did one time, I was naming a new uh, athlete, men's athleisure brand. And my client was really into MMA fighting. So I didn't know anything about that. So I looked up top movie fight scenes and top movie chase <laughs> scenes. Cause I thought that's the kind of language I want to be around. And I, I never read every word. I'm just skimming and I'm looking for interesting words. And that's where I saw stunt double and stunt double became the name. Oh man. It's so funny. Cause like hearing you talk about this and also reading the book, it's like, it just gave me full permission to like I, sometimes I go on these internet wormholes because I'm just so curative and I'm, I'm curious and I'm just typing everything and going down different things. It, 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 thank you for giving me permission to just be on ADD and chase every, <laughs> every single rabbit hole and type things up. And I think this is so brilliant. I, I think anybody should go check out Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick. If you want it, like we have just scratch the surface. haha. ha. Uh, we just scratched the surface on many of the strategies that we talk about on, on how to uh, name names, but uh, just a, just a little bit of a teaser because some of I'm, I'm so excited to dive even more into the resources that Alexander listed, but like using movie titles uh, that I thought was brilliant or book titles or music. And then, and then the, she comes up with like other things I wrote down is like 
uh, websites that help you to come up with rhymes and then rhyming different things. Like, man, if, if you think that you are good at going down rabbit holes, wait until you see some of these things that are inside of the book that we didn't even get a chance to cover yet because I'm super excited to use them. So <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And let me just tell it one more spoomy story with the rhyme. So rhymezone.com. Sure. Um, a name I came up with just so I mean, yo was, so if you rhyme zone sorts things by syllables, so, you know, Joe, yo, but then I kept going down, you have two syllables, three syllables. And under two syllables, I saw Chateau and like Chateau, yo is such a fun <laughs> name. So yeah. yeah, there's, there's a lot there. You just have to give yourself some time and give yourself permission. Like you said, go down the rabbit holes. I mean, you never know what you're going to land on. And I just look at it like a treasure hunt, you know, and I just keep going and going and going. Yeah. And I, I saw another one that just as you're talking about rhymes, it was on your site. It was Fork Stork. Was that another? I love that yeah, name. That you yeah, came up with. Up with <laughs> probably... yeah, for meal delivery, Fork Stork. It just sounded fun. Yeah. And and so just one clarification here. You just encourage people to just go crazy and just create a massive list. Like don't yeah. judge anything just as you're kind of going, oh, stunt double seems interesting. Oh, this is a crazy scene. Oh, there was a car crash here and just like stick it up all over the place. And then you're kind of just looking at the combinations of how things are all playing together at the end of the day. Yeah, write down every idea because you never know what it's going to spark later. And especially if you're brainstorming with other people, then you can share your list. Okay, here's some sparks I had. What, you know, can can you do anything with these? And then also um, just keep, yeah, keep making a big fat list because names will get killed in trademarking and you want to definitely trademark screen your names. And then you also, oh, the super important don't start on GoDaddy by looking at domain names. Worry about your domain name later. You can always add a modifier word if you can't get an exact match domain name. No one expects you to have an exact match domain name anymore. Yeah. So brilliant. Well, like I said, we have barely scratched the surface. So like, I would highly encourage anyone listening, go check out either the audiobook If you want to laugh at, at the, the voice actor that we were talking about earlier, she does a fantastic job of encapsulating Alexandra's personality and like making sure that she keeps it fun as she shares all the funky names and the screwed up names and all that kind of stuff. So that's hello. My name is awesome. How to create brand names that stick. Um, I got it off of Amazon. Is there anywhere else that you would encourage people to go check that out, Alexandra, or your um, the other work that you're up to? Yeah, that's, that's where I tell people to get it. Um, yeah, I just hit 519 reviews and I think I have a 4.7 average. So amazing. Yeah. Well, I will make sure immediately after the, I'm 520. So I'll make sure to do that. Cause <laughs> I had so much you. fun with that. Yeah. Thank so, you. um, Anybody else can, again, other resources, just as we're wrapping up here, you can go to eatmywords.com and you can take the, the name quiz. So if you have a product that you're thinking about or a business name and you want to make sure that it passes the smile and, and doesn't have a scratch, you can check that out and have that incredible thing. So super excited for anyone to go check all those resources out. But Alexander, whenever I have time towards the end, I always love to ask my guests just kind of a, a question that I like to see across the board, different people's answers. But I would love to know what, what does happiness mean to you today, Alexandra? What what brings you joy? What brings you happiness? What's your definition? What brings me joy is surrounding myself with things that are playful and fun. So I'm looking out the window at two giant pink flamingos swimming in my <laughs> pool. Their names are ha Maui and Wowie. Like that's fun, right? Like name your things. Um, I have a big surfboard fence, um, tiki bar, a couple pirate skeletons. Yeah. Just surrounding myself with things that make me happy. That, that makes me happy. Oh man, I love that so much. I don't want to add anything to that besides just having a really quick conversation with you listening. And I say this at the end of every episode, but I, I don't want to say this robotically because I really mean it every single time I say this. I am so grateful that you're here. Whether this is the first time you've ever listened to an episode or you're listening every single week, the fact that you took the time to stop whatever you were doing or to, to kind of multitask and listen and hang out with Alexandra and myself today, I'm so grateful for you. And my life has absolutely been changed by podcasts. Like there's not a shadow of a doubt. I'm listening to podcasts all the time. And there is something in here that can absolutely change someone's life. I didn't even realize this whole world of naming existed, uh, of coming up with creative ways to do it. And you probably have a friend or maybe you yourself is just stuck. Or maybe you're like me and you have a name that's spelling challenged. And every time you, you watch someone try to spell your name, you're like, dang it, I wish it was better. So there's there's something that could change someone. And, and maybe, maybe, just maybe you come up with a brand name like Spoon Me that leads to 
to people getting married or something like that. You never know. So there are things that are in here that can absolutely change someone's life. Uh, so I would encourage you to share that, whether it just makes them smile, uh, thinking about a meat grinder that is a, a whitewater rafting or some of the travel stories that we talked about or the, the smile and scratch test. There's so much gold in here. So I appreciate you being here so much and would, would really appreciate it if you give this a share because it will make my day. It will make Alexandra's day. And uh, man, I just appreciate you so much for being here. But besides that, any any final things that you want to say, Alexandra, as we wrap up today? Oh, just thank you so much, Brandon. I have done so many podcasts. This is my favorite podcast I have ever done. You are an amazing interviewer. Thank you for reading my book, for being so engaged. And I love your energy. You have such high energy and it's really been a pleasure being on your show. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for playing full out because uh, it's always fun when I have a guest where I can talk about funny stuff. It's not, not every day you get to talk about a podcast where you talk about penis land and, uh, <laughs> and Americans crap metal or whatever the other stuff is. So thank you for being you. I appreciate you so much. And we'll talk to you very soon. Okay. Bye. Hey, it's Brandon here. Fun fact about me is I actually re-listen to every single episode after it comes out. And so I actually just finished re-listening to this episode as you just listened to it. I am actually packing for a vacation. It's been a long time, but Leah and I are heading out to spend 12 days in Florence and Barcelona. But anyways, I wanted to record an outro. I don't know, normally do this, but... As you heard from the beginning, next week, we are launching the first ever episode of the show on the new name that Alexandra actually helped to name. So if you had a ton of fun listening to this episode, you are not going to want to miss the next episode, which is going to be episode number 140, where I reveal the new name and I actually bring Alexandra back where she reveals how she came up with the name specifically. So stay tuned. I appreciate you and we'll talk to you soon.